On today's episode, what do you do if you need a family law attorney? We will discuss all the options from representing yourself to getting a free lawyer through a free legal service to hiring an attorney and all the ways that those can help you or hurt your case. This is the Lady Lawyer League podcast, Omaha's leading lady lawyers, empowering women to be legal savvy. Hosted by Susan Ruff and Tracy Hightower-Henny of Hightower Ruff Law. Welcome back to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about family law and you know we're still at the beginning of season three and we kind of took a break this summer to plan some of these things and spent some time with family and kind of did some growing in our office. Yeah, we it was really exciting. We now have four people on our staff that speak Spanish. So our two new newest hires, both are bilingual. Yeah. So it, one of the ways I try to talk to people about it is like, court and law is scary enough and sometimes feels like a foreign language, but now to have that many people that can help people who speak Spanish is awesome. Yeah, um, it's Spanish in the legal sense is literally a double foreign language. A double foreign? Double foreign language, yeah. But so talking about family law today, you know, we wanted to answer some questions that are frequently asked questions about what happens if you can't afford a family law attorney? Yeah, and what resources are available and realistically, how much does an, a case cost? How much do attorneys cost? Things like that. So I think really if we start with what is family law right. and that encompasses a whole host of different types of things that can happen in court. Right. So family law can be anything from child, just a child support case or paternity to divorce, to a modification of custody. But then there's all these kind of like side areas that some people put in family law and some people don't. Like protection orders between spouses or a juvenile court case with a family. And there's adoptions and guardianship. Yeah. So all of these things are family law and these are in the civil law realm. So when you think about the legal world, you really have two different pieces and that's criminal law and civil law. Right. And so family law falls into this civil law area like personal injury and workers' compensation and those types of things right. are all civil law. So um, any of those areas where you're not being charged with a crime. Yeah, and, and people, there's the goal of the case is to make a decision. It's not to punish anyone or to make decisions that deter people from acting in a certain way in the future. Like, um, what do they call that? Like using court as a deterrent. You know, yeah. That's not going to happen in a family law case. Right. So, well, <laughs> sometimes if there's it's a not court the order. the whole goal. Yeah. <laughs> right. The whole goal isn't to punish people or deter behavior. It's to like, make a decision about whatever someone's asking the court to do. So earlier you said paternity, what does that mean? Paternity is a case where unmarried folks have a child together and paternity legally is who's the dad? Like paternity, maternity is who's the mom and that's usually uh, very obvious who the mom is, but it's who's the dad of this child. And then in a paternity case, the judge would also decide um, custody, who has custody of the child and what the parenting plan schedule will be and then child support. 
Right. So it's basically a divorce without debts and assets. Right. And a divorce without being married. (laughs) Right. Okay, so a lot of people ask us or like in a networking group, I'll always answer the question like, what does a family law attorney do? What's your answer? What's your like 30 second answer or 10 second answer? Ooh, Um, ooh. what does a family law attorney do? I mean, like really we help people through the court process, you know, for whatever type of case they have. But like on the, the fluffy angle, I would say we help people manage their emotions and expectations. Right. Yeah. I always say we help people like move on from the issue or the problem that they have right now so they can like continue in their life. Yeah. That's a good way to kind of put both of those things together. Yeah. And in our office, all the areas of law that we practice um, affect a person. So family law affecting the person as opposed to a corporation um, or something like that. So helping that person move on from that sometimes traumatic experience they're having right now, um, separating debts and assets if if it's a divorce or figuring out custody and parenting time, if it's just custody and then literally moving on and having a court order. Right, right. Okay, so if someone can't afford a family law attorney, what are they, are they able to get divorced and able to have a court order at the end? Yeah, I mean, anyone is free to go to court and represent themselves. You know, that's called pro se representation. You are your own attorney. Um, Good and bad, you know, the bad of it is, and I tell people this all the time, and I've seen it, a judge will treat you as if you are an attorney. You're expected to know the rules. You're expected to, you know, file things by deadlines. You're expected to know how to file things file the correct thing, you know, be in the right place at the right time with the right information. And in my opinion, those things are invaluable services that a lawyer provides. Um, You know, there's, you know, for example, in a divorce, let's say there's 10 steps to get divorced. Anyone could probably figure out what those 10 steps are. And I don't know if there's 10 or 15 or three, right? Like I was going to say, a lot of mine have like 800. I know. It just depends <laughs> on the case, right? But whatever the steps are for that particular case, somebody could probably figure out how to, you know, what those are. But then how to do them and how to do them well, like that's where a lawyer you know, an experienced attorney really pays off. One of the things that I was thinking of is as a pro se person, so again, that's a person that's not represented by a lawyer, you're representing yourself. They're also expected to have the same decorum in court. And I'm thinking (laughs) about the story that we just recently heard about a pro se person in a trial. Should I tell the story? Yes, please. So apparently this was a divorce trial and the wife had an attorney and the husband did not have an attorney. Disclaimer, this is not our case. No, and we've heard this like third hand, but like this stuff happens. Um, and it, and it, the, the main thing they were fighting about and they hadn't been married very long was this house. And the husband had owned the house before they were married and then they were married for a while and then they're splitting up, obviously. and. He's like, why should she get any of the house? It was, it's my house, you know, it's my house. And you know. and he's pro se. Right, he has no, and 
her attorney kept going into, you know, asking both sides questions about how the house was paid for during the marriage and how long she lived in the house and yada yada and the mortgage statements were coming in and and all of the issues about the house and and they're in a trial. Yeah, this is all in front of the judge which is in very courtroom. Yeah, very typical to be talking about the house, right? I mean, this comes up in a lot of divorce cases. It's not unusual. And this guy is getting all frustrated and apparently you know, not understanding that when you're married, what's yours becomes ours. And she does have a claim to some of the equity in the home. And apparently the judge had explained it very, you know, clearly to this guy and he just wasn't having it. And so they stopped for the day and the judge was like, let's all take a cool, you know, night. We're gonna come back tomorrow and we'll pick back up and everyone will have, you know, a good night's whatever. So they come in in the morning and the judge kind of goes, okay, great, everyone's back. Hopefully everything's fine. You know, we're gonna keep talking and, you know, hopefully everyone got to, you know, think about things and the guy looks right at the judge and is like, fuck you. (laughs) And the judge was like, okay, so you are ramped up from yesterday instead of cooled off and apparently then proceeded to tell the guy what he could do. And I think she had to, at that point, set some pretty serious boundaries with him. So I don't think that person's helping himself being a person. No, I don't think telling the judge fuck you is ever a good idea ever pro se or not i'm laughing because i just wish i could have seen that and i know it just it it's that idea that you don't know you know how to behave in court when especially the other side is represented so you know in all seriousness if you can't afford a family law attorney you are expected to have some decorum in court and you cannot say fuck you to the judge no <laughs> it's not going to get you very far but i think I think a person like that probably would have acted that way even if they had an attorney. Probably. And I their mean, <laughs> attorney would have been also very agitated yeah. at that person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've all had our clients do stuff in court that we're like, ooh, that probably not the best choice of things to do. I mean, I, never anything that extreme, but you know, people are people. They're gonna they're gonna behave the way they are gonna behave. Okay, so if you can't afford a family law attorney. We get this question all the time. I'm just gonna get a court-appointed attorney. Oh yeah, I'll just go to court and ask the judge to give me a free lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't happen in civil law cases. No, you have no right to a free lawyer in a civil case, any kind of civil case. This is only in the criminal law world. Yes. And then sometimes even you don't, but that's for another episode. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But you are not entitled to a court-appointed attorney in family law there are other resources that you may be entitled to a free attorney through legal aid or other services in Nebraska called like volunteer lawyers program. And so those are other resources that folks can check out, but those are all based on income, um, things like that, but you are not entitled to a court appointed attorney. Right. Period. Period. We could end the episode on that, but we won't. (laughs) Yeah. No free lawyer in a divorce outside through the court. Well, okay. There is one exception when you may be held in contempt of a court order in a family law case and you might be facing prison time or jail jail time yeah um you could be entitled to a court appointed lawyer there's so many exceptions right okay law, yeah, right. that is the one exception here's the one exception yeah if if you are facing contempt of court and jail's a possibility you get a court appointed attorney okay so 
and this is coming from two family law attorneys, we are always going to recommend you not go to court without an attorney. Right. And that happens. It happens a lot where people represent themselves. You can go through a divorce where both people are not represented and it gets done fine. Um, in Nebraska, there is a Supreme Court of Nebraska website that has self-help forms. Folks can use those. They can get through their divorce yep. pretty simply and easily. The problem is, for example, those forms specifically say if you own a house or you have a retirement account, do not use these forms. And guess who uses those forms? Everyone. Yeah. And yeah. The problem is the money that you save now really is going to cost you a lot more money in the yes. future if you're not dealing with those debts and assets correctly now. Well, and, and like a divorce, your marriage wasn't one size fits all. So your divorce can't be one size fits all. Well, maybe all. you thought it was and that was your problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and a divorce shouldn't be something that you just sign some papers and you're done with. Like it didn't take you that long to get to that point. Why are you in such a rush to just, I mean, I get emotionally why people wanna be done, but that emotion is even going to be a process. So we spend, I mean, how many cases do we get every year that are cleaning up those pro se or even other lawyers that make mistakes in divorces we have to we do clean that up and those are very expensive well sometimes they're impossible too yes and sometimes we have a consult with someone who was pro se throughout their divorce and they their spouse was pro se and they tried to do it on their own and they were amicable and they were civil and they just didn't do anything about what's going to happen with the house is someone going to refinance it for example and their decree is silent on that we have to try and help them clean it up and if the other person now isn't in agreement, it's literally impossible. There's no protection for that person later. Right. And they wouldn't know that. They wouldn't know right. in a decree that they need to have that language. And the judge isn't going to tell them. Like, I think a lot of people think that the judge is this protector of them. And literally, if a judge sees a proposed order that these people want to get divorced, whether it's written by an attorney or pro se, if it appears to cover the majority of things, the judge is gonna sign it. They're not going to come in and interview you and make sure that you covered all your bases because they're gonna trust that you did that yourself. Right. So, all right, we're in this point where we don't really recommend anyone do their divorce pro se. So how should someone go about finding the best family law attorney? So I think working with a family law attorney is a pretty personal relationship because first of all, you're going to be telling your attorney a lot about yourself. So you have to feel comfortable. Yeah. And we always tell people, we've heard it all, which is not true. But we tell them that because like- Well, we we almost, we think we've heard it all and then we hear something else like, oh shit, we've never heard that one before. Yeah, (laughs) we think we've heard it all. So we, but we tell people like, we've heard a lot like you know and and after a while cases do kind of start to follow a theme of another case but the more you tell your attorney the better they will be able to represent you and they can pick and choose what they will need to use in the case versus um just spewing all of your information to everyone that's not going to happen but so i think a person should interview their attorney and feel some sort of trust and connection with that person that they can say, I feel comfortable with you helping me 
through this process. Right. So it definitely has to um, be a two way street, too, um, because not every attorney is appropriate for every client. Right. In family law specifically. There's some attorneys who really kind of um, like take care, handhold, you know, they're, they're willing to listen when clients just need an ear. And then there's attorneys who are like, I am here to do step one, two, three, four, and all that other stuff I'm not interested in being part of. And some people, that is not gonna work for them. And I think you know that in the consultation. Like yeah. you'll get that feel of maybe you're the person who is okay with that attorney that's like, I'm gonna do steps one through 10 and yeah. be done. But maybe you're the type of person that needs the attorney that's gonna handhold and really listen to you and your feelings. Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, when we describe what we do as family law attorneys, we will often say we're not therapists, um, right. but we can be good listeners. We're just not helpful in, you know, have, having you learn coping skills and things like that. The thing and, and, and what ends up happening and you and I talk about this all the time is people get in these situations once they're separated, but they're still in their divorce and there's a tension between usually parents or people who don't have kids about a money thing and they call us and they ask us what should I do and it's literally not a legal question there's nothing it's and it's probably not going to affect the case in any significant way like well they really want to sign Billy up for soccer and soccer's <laughs> Tuesdays and Thursdays and I have Tuesdays and and Thursdays and what should I do? Should I let him sign up Billy for soccer? And it's like, is Billy going to want to play soccer? <laughs> right. Do you I, like this is a and the way I, in my head it's working is this is a parenting decision, not a legal decision. Right. Know? But that's it. That's a really easy example of the kinds of questions we get all the time. Like I and the answer is I don't know. And I think our job is to tell people, will this affect the case? And if not, then try to work with the other parent and figure something out. Right. Oh. So we get a lot of questions for people calling our office saying, I'm looking for a pro bono attorney. What's that mean? <laughs> a pro bono attorney. They sound really awesome, first of all. <laughs> right. Pro bono. Like, I want to be a pro. No, it means free. Right. Pro so bono. pro bono is a free attorney. And then a pro se person is someone representing themselves. Sometimes people get those confused. Yeah. Pro bono means free. Um, and our office does take cases pro bono, but we don't take them just by people calling us in. We take them through organizations where they've been vetted, like through um, legal aid, through the volunteer lawyers program. We have partnerships with different organizations. They do a lot of screening to make sure the person fits um, within economic guidelines or if there's a grant that they're funded for, you know, like, for example, the um, legal aid does help a lot of victims of domestic violence. Um, so they, you know, they vet them, they give us some background information and then we, we choose um, if we want to take those cases or not and how many, you know, I mean, we can't do all pro bono work. I mean, that'd be awesome, right? But it wouldn't be a good business decision. Right. So I think um, really all in all, if if you can't afford a family law attorney, you can do your best trying to go through the process pro se. Yeah. If your spouse is also pro se, well, good luck. 
So what you're saying is if there's one attorney on the case, even if it's on the other side, it's better? <laughs> I don't know, right? It depends on who the attorney is. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, us. <laughs> yeah, if there's if there's an attorney on the other side and you're pro se, you know, as much as you can have conversation with your spouse, yeah. really it's going to depend on how much do you trust your spouse? How much do the two of you know about your own debts and assets and accounts and things like that? Yeah. But if there's any question in you know, what needs to be in a final decree, you really should be getting some advice from an attorney. Yeah. And that's always going to be our our recommendation. Yeah. It never hurts to have consultations with attorneys, even if you're in the middle of your case. Right. Pro se. So. Okay. So with the reoccurring theme of Google always has some good questions, we're going to try and answer some questions from Google about family law. Google is the best source for legal advice. All right. So do, do, do. Oh. Up we need we need like a little like intro music. Du, 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 du. Okay. Okay. First question. Do in-laws have to be considered family law? To be considered fam can, what? Do in-laws have to be considered? Okay. I'm not <laughs> really sure what this means. Google, what are you getting at? I think I think to talk about in-laws in family law, there's no place for in-laws in family law unless people are in agreement to bring them in. Um they're not going to end up in your court order. They're not going to, you know, they might be witnesses in your case if you go to trial. Right. But you could literally just be like, you know, it's just between the two people. This is Google um, confusing family and law in two different places. Family law and in-law. Yeah. Yeah. So next. <laughs> okay. Why was family law canceled? Um, is this a TV show? WTF. I don't know what this means. Maybe it's talking about Family Guy. Family law. There must be a, a family law. Or canceled in the like cancel culture. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not been canceled in our office. We're still doing it. <laughs> or at the courthouse. It's still very active. What, like 60 or 70% of cases are family law cases yeah. in Douglas County, Nebraska. Not canceled. Not canceled. What will get you contempt of court and family law? This is a good one. Ooh, not following the court order. That's really the definition of contempt, right? Yeah. Not following a court order. So there's civil contempt, um, and that's where you might be entitled to a court-appointed attorney. But right. you don't want to get a court-appointed attorney in family law because that means you're facing jail time. Yeah. While it might feel good to have a free lawyer, it's not really that great. So really, also, this is important because what will get you contempt is what's called willful and contumacious oh my gosh um violation of violation that. of the court order so you have to the other person has to show that you've been willful and contumacious which is like fuck you judge yeah fuck you <laughs> so, i think we talked about those definitions one time in a podcast and did some googling to determine what they actually yes meant. yeah it was fun and i think it's really like the court order is clear you have to make the mortgage payments and you're not making them um and you have sent a text to your spouse saying i'm not going to make the mortgage yeah, payments because some willful fuck you yeah so that's willful and contumacious okay how to get rid of son-in-law and family <laughs> Is this like asking how to murder someone? That's the first yeah. thing I thought. How to get rid of like this will get you premeditation and yes, a crime. yeah. Don't don't Google this. Don't Google that. Yeah, they'll they'll search your phone and we've find saved it. you on this podcast. Yeah, don't Google that. Next. <laughs> oh, it's the same one. <laughs> hmm. Do who do I like least? Son-in-law or father-in-law? 
Okay. Uh, I don't know what would happen if you hit the I'm feeling lucky button? <laughs> Is this a touch thing? Let's try. No. <laughs> All right. Um, if you want to get rid of your father-in-law or your son-in-law, just get divorced. Yeah. Then they go away, right? There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, so this was Family Law in a nutshell in a, podcast. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. And please subscribe to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. It's really easy. Empower women. Oh, I have a whole bunch of text messages. <laughs> subscribe to this podcast on all of the places that you can listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. And be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Hightower Ref Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.